Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to what's being called a Hamas Day of Rage. This is truly nonsensical because rage is pretty much everything Hamas does. Rage is their modus operandi. Vicious, senseless violence driven by rage. That's what we've seen in the last week. You might think these attacks would inspire some kind of national unity in America, but no. Somehow in our media, it's become a time for fairness and balance to suddenly become all the um, rage. Joining the Newsbusters podcast today is Bill D'Agostino, video editor and senior research analyst, Carleton College dropout, Ithaca (laughs) College graduate, Minnesota made you a right winger. Sure did. (laughs) Sure did. Yeah, go to Carleton for two years. You'll come out a lot more right wing than you were when you entered. I did the poor man's school thing in Bemidji. Uh, Carleton, that's for the fancy people. That's a... (laughs) But you could have gone to St. Olaf. Yeah, we had we we uh, had our own version of their fight song that was about them being lame. <laughs> it was there wasn't a lot to do up there. It was basically just snow and that <laughs> snow and superiority. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was on the other side of that though when I went to Ithaca because we had the Cornell kids across the lake from us, and they were all like, "Oh, safety school." We're in, we have we're the Ivy League. You're the uh, the Keith Olbermann School. Yeah, although all of their film, I went to the film school there because I'm a video editor. Uh, please hold your garbage and tomatoes. Uh, but I, I went to the film school there, and uh, they had barely anything resembling a film school. They had a film studies program. And so if they wanted to use the equipment, they would all come over to Ithaca and have to have like a joint class with us or something to, to use our stuff. So, no, Park School of Communications, if you're trying to get into film, good place to go. We don't make films at Cornell. We just analyze them. Exactly, exactly. And they talk about the male gaze and the Bechdel law and all that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> ah, the cinema. So you've made a video, uh, actually a couple, but we're going to get into this today. Uh, um, well, the instruction to you was, hey, let's try to get all of some of this pro-Hamas stuff in a box and go through it. And, and yeah. you at first went back a number of years, I guess just about 10 about ten. Yeah. We could certainly go back farther, but at some point you gotta you gotta put a line somewhere. The blog went back to oh six, but yeah, the video only back to fourteen. So when you put the it on Twitter, you wrote, Here's a compilation of quote unquote journalists defending Hamas over the past decade. Many see these attacks are justified, they're frustrated. Israel is an apartheid state. And then you said, Try not to get mad. Let's uh let's pe- make people mad and uh, air a bit of this. This morning, a top former Israeli general went on national radio in Israel to say there has been absolute apartheid in the occupied West Bank for the past 57 years and even compared the situation there with Nazi Germany. Palestinians are looking around and, and thinking, who is going ever to protect us? Hamas is seeing a wave of popularity after this latest round of violence presenting itself as the sole defenders of the Palestinian people. Farah never supported Hamas before but does now. Violence comes from despair. In Gaza, many see these attacks as justified. Many Palestinians believe dancing with death is the only way to show their desperation. Politicians think they can just ignore the context in which all of this is happening, the fact that Israel is an occupying power. When you have mandatory conscription uh, and service in Israel, effectively the Palestinians will say it's war against everyone because everyone's a soldier. 
and of course, we begin with Mehdi Hassan comparing Israel to the Nazis. That's just the worst kind of trolling. Well, that's most of what Mehdi Hassan does on his show is just being, <laughs> making himself as hateable as possible. I'm the Middle Eastern version of John Oliver, except I'm not even trying to be funny. That is, that is a really good comparison, actually, both of them. I, I, I know I've said a lot of, like, kind of anglophobic things on this show, <laughs> but good Lord, does that accent set me off. Oh, my gosh. I'm John Oliver. I live in a, you know, in a very rich uh, condo in Manhattan while I run down America. Uh, but hey, this is the way, uh, one of the ways to become rich and famous in America is running down America. Mm -hmm. This is why we have a tag at Newsbusters called anti-Americanism. And a lot of the stuff we're discussing today sort of falls into anti-Americanism yep. in a sense. Uh, then you have Richard Engel. He's got to be embarrassed by this now. Hamas is seeing a wave of popularity. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Portraying themselves as the sole defenders of the Palestinians. Uh, he said this while he was, like, marching with them. Yes, and this week he's ducking their missiles. Yeah. That was on video. What a surprise. Uh, this was the other one that got me. I don't know who said this. Dancing with death is the only way to show their desperation. That was Holly Williams on CBS, I believe, in 2018. I mean, that... Final answer. That is a... <laughs> that's really a... It's really a line. Dancing with death is the only way they... Uh, yeah, come on. This is exactly what we're talking about. Yep. And that is they're saying by taking the route of savagery and barbarism, they don't have another way. Yes. No, they it's that's always the argument, right? Is look, they're backed into a corner because Israel is an apartheid neo-colonial occupier. And so they have to shoot teenagers at music festivals and kill babies. <laughs> That's that's that is simply the language of of the unheard, the voice of the unheard, this the language is, of the oppressed. This is such a bad time, and and to laugh at that, you know, obviously makes light of something horrible. But this is the way you but make it's, it's, make your way through it. It's absurd. It's yeah. genuinely absurd. But this is this is what Marxism is, and that is what this is. In in when you see the white liberal people in America supporting this, that is Marxist framing taking over their brains. It's the programming kind of like switching on because they see everything through this oppressed and oppressor lens. And so they, you've been hearing this word a lot probably this past week. They see this as decolonization, which is innately a very violent and bloody process by which the ostensible colonizers are brutalized until they're all gone. That's, that's what this is. Well, and this is what's funny because... Clearly, yes, the best defense, as they see it, for uh, for murder and rape, torture, kidnapping, is to somehow say, well, but they're the marginalized. Right. They are the oppressed class. Therefore, it's it's basically just on steroids, the version of the same as like, oh, it's impossible to be racist against a white person. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like, well— Okay, it's it's okay when it's being done to the Israelis because they are the occupier. They are the oppressors in this in this dichotomy. Therefore, anything that the Palestinians do is justified simply by the nature of the fact that they are doing it to Israelis. That is that is the mindset here. And it's you can't argue with it if somebody is indoctrinated into that. They they've basically rescinded their humanity if they can see this and still say Yes, I'm sticking with that. I think some part of the tragedy to me is to see these tweets where it's like, you know, this 
this family uh, used to have a kite flying event on the border with Gaza to to be for peace. They were right. all gunned down. Yep. Uh, you know, we've seen this several times now in the news coverage where it's it's they really believed in a two state solution and they were gunned down. Then we have this. You know, this guy was a Muslim doctor at the at the music festival. They shot him too. Yep. It's it is indiscriminate rage. I mean, that's that's what we're seeing. And just the idea that someone would somehow try to come the, to the defense or say, we need to balance this out. Right, yeah, let's look at the nuance here. Let's consider the greater context. And and the, the, it's amazing to me, because these are also the people who will try to say, well, we can't have fairness and balance in American politics because one side's for democracy and the other one's not. Where is Hamas on the question of democracy? I suppose— Or, or of, of anything, of, of raping and murdering teenagers— like, excuse me, yeah, sorry civility, but... I mean, any sort of a social conscience. I mean, right. this is why, yes, why are the people who think they are the ones for a social conscience sticking up for the murderers and rapists? It is a, just a bizarre situation. Now, the last one before we ended the clip was Ashley Banfield. Yep. And you had to explain this to me when I first saw it because I was sort of like, what is this thing where she's talking about mandatory conscription? Uh, and uh, you were saying the point was, if everybody's a soldier, everybody can be eliminated. Yes, and and that, by the way, is basically just a more tenuous and less thought out version of, and I know I keep harping, harping on this, but the Marxist framing of, look, if you are a colonizer, then you are innately a target. Then you then you by your very nature deserve to be targeted by any of any matter of of, of atrocities. Right. And she's basically making that argument, but in a more procedural way, I guess you could say, by saying like, well, look, everybody is required to serve for a certain period of time. I'm not sure how long once they reach adulthood in the IDF. And therefore, all adults in Israel are theoretically soldiers and therefore valid targets to the Palestinians. And she she says this to Alan Dershowitz, who's there. And he mm -hmm. says, well, that's that is absolutely ridiculous. No, no, they're not all soldiers. And she goes, but they are. Well, she, which which there just just to jump in, but, sorry to continue, sure. but not to jump in. But um, she she initially was saying that as well. This is what Hamas is saying. But then when Dershowitz pushes back, she that's that's now her speaking of her own accord. She's but they are, and mm -hmm. so she the the veil has now fallen off. This is Banfield making this argument for herself now. And this is where you you look at News Nation and say they wanted to be fair and balanced, and they hired this person. Right. I haven't watched a lot of Ashley Banfield on News Station, so I couldn't tell you. We did have that uh, interesting episode this week that Nick Fondacaro reported that uh, that the Hamas spokesman left the Chris Cuomo show. Yeah, yeah, because Cuomo was having uh, having on, I believe, like family members of Israelis who were like trapped there or killed, something something along those lines. And, and he's like, and oh. he, was, he was like, oh, I'm not, I, I didn't know it would be like this, and stormed out. <laughs> Courageous. Uh, then there's the segment of the video where comes the A-word, apartheid. They really love this one. Let's listen. Look, I think we need to understand that Palestinians live a daily reality of structural oppression and violence. Subjugation, control, oppression, etc. Many Palestinians feel powerless. The Palestinians have to, I mean, they're, they're frustrated. They're trying to get 
uh, get some kind of attention. Let's talk about the A word. This is apartheid. An apartheid regime. The system of apartheid. Increasing numbers of Israelis and American Jews are starting to use the A word. Israel oversees an apartheid regime. There's an apartheid system in place. The West Bank is apartheid. UN human rights experts have characterized as policies and practices which amount to apartheid. Israel's strategy of self-defense is becoming less defensible in world opinion. Israel may achieve military victory, but lose the battle of wider world opinion. I, I, there's been these images I've seen of, of the, the Iron Dome system, right? So this, this missile defense system the U.S. partly funded. Can we get an Iron Dome for Gaza? So this one kind of boggles my mind, Bill, because if you, I imagine if you go into most Israeli cities, you're not going to see segregation. It's not South Africa. No, it's not. Um, well, I mean, neither is South Africa anymore. But, right, but, but, but back in the day. Sure. And uh, yeah, it's not it, there's no Jim Crow South going on in Israel right now. Um, if you are if you are Israeli or uh, sorry, if you are Palestinian in Israel and you can still be a citizen, you can still vote. You can still have all of the same rights that an Israeli person does in that country. Um, the difference is how how are the Jews in Middle Eastern countries treated? Is there any apartheid going on there? Oh, well, you know what? No, there's not because they're all gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is this is it goes back to the point I was uh, circling around earlier, which is uh, if democracy is such a wonderful thing, they haven't had it in Gaza since 2007. Now, they voted for Hamas. So using Ashley Banfield logic, you know, every adult in uh, in Gaza is guilty because they voted Hamas in. To be fair, uh I think that any election that Hamas is running is is going to be under duress. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, that is that is basically the same argument. Yeah. I'm I, not trying to say it's a good argument. No, yeah, but if yeah, if we're going to apply her logic, then sure, let's apply it to the other side too. It's just the idea that Gaza, you know, to try to say that they're the oppressed when obviously, yeah, citizens in Gaza really haven't had a a, a choice in government in like 16 years. Yeah. And and look, this none of this is to say that there are not completely innocent miserable people in gaza right now who don't want any of this absolutely unfortunately hamas are barricading themselves in schools in hospitals in civilians homes and then firing rockets across across the border at israel right and so when you're when you're israel your hands are kind of tied in that situation because it's either well you can't defend yourself because we're hiding in a hospital or you're going to have to destroy this hospital. It's one of the two. And and yes, and so this is kind of what underlines, you know, when people like David Gregory, which is an antique clip at this point, yeah, but where they want to say, well, this is going to go bad for Israel. And there's just a piece of that that it's like, yes, a democratically ruled country, there's going to be consequences for this war. You know, people are saying, well, this is the end of Netanyahu. Uh, on the other hand, what they're basically saying is because Hamas is so vicious and shameless, there's, you know, there there shall be no consequences for them right. in, in the popularity because they're not aiming for popularity. Right. And, now, but it's it's also that that also feels a little bit like this phenomenon where the media talk about how like, oh, well, this thing has been dominating the headlines. And it's like, right, well, you're the media. You're talking about it. Dominantly. You're, you're basically describing your own behavior. Like what they're what Gregory is essentially saying in that case is like, well, if Israel continues to defend itself in this manner that we find unpalatable, we will continue to portray it very negatively to the to the American people. 
That's essentially what that is. And this is this is one of those things that uh, that's upset me in a, in a more domestic political framing, and that is to tr- somehow suggest at the moment uh, the Biden administration is just the staunchest supporter of Israel, you know, not paying any attention to who the Democrats actually have been, and sort of ignoring that the last president accomplished some things in in uh, creating peace between Israel and its Arab neighbors. That's as that's as vacuous a statement as Biden is a devout Catholic. They're, that, what they are doing in that case is speaking it into existence, right? They're just they're just asserting it and pointing to nothing in the process. They're just saying like, well, as as we know, Biden is a this administration is a very staunch supporter of Israel, and that's it. Like that's the whole argument. And it's like, well, how do you know? Well, he he they're they're very supportive of Israel in the last week. I mean, it's and and, and that's good. And you know, Rick Santorum, the former senator, was on Newsmax today and said uh, uh, Biden's saying all the right things, but what's he going to say next week? It's it's and he's just saying stuff again. You know, it's it's like, <laughs> what does that do? Well, they just don't want to have any reckoning for what they've actually done. Yes. In Middle Eastern policy in the last couple of years, certainly they're pandering to Iran. They're trying to get the Iran nuclear deal reinstated. And there was this whole bungling because the the Biden administration did not want to move towards any kind of peaceful agreement because to do so would essentially be to hand Trump an inadvertent win with the Abraham Accords. Mm-hmm. And, and so, again, this is an administration that is primarily focused not on the effects of their policies, but on the optics. Well, remember, the timing was bad, Bill. The Abraham Accords, one of the big breakthroughs, was in September of 2020. Yep. I believe what we found at Newsbusters was, let's see how much news coverage it got on the networks. And I believe they got, between the three of them, eight minutes. Jeez. Uh, and so, you know, Taylor Swift at the Chiefs game is going to get more than that. That would have been, that would have, if, if it had been a Democratic president, that would have been a part of the campaign, would be that coverage. Yeah. It would That would have been basically talked about in every horse race analysis conversation from then on until the election. Yeah. And so this is where I think that there's there's a, a, a lack here. When you watch the news coverage in the last couple of days, you get these sound bites of Biden sounding staunch, Blinken sounding staunch, the defense secretary whose name Biden can't remember, Mr. Austin, uh, sounding staunch. And they're just going to run that. And what you're not really seeing is clips of Republicans saying, Biden messed this up. Yep. And yes, we know if Trump was president right now, that all that'd be all you're getting. Yep. They would the Democrats would be in every story saying somehow this is Trump's fault. Yes. And that's where we can just we just know this in our bones because that's what we we generally see. And you know, realistically also Trump would probably have said something about that photo of Rashida Tlaib posing in front of the Palestinian flag outside her office and then that would be the story. It would be like Trump making very sexist and, and Islamophobic remarks about a, a democratic congresswoman. And certainly, you know, one of the things that's hard to see on Twitter is 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 that whole notion of, you know, let's have more death. Um, and that's that's sad. On the other hand, yes, this is like for the for the Israelis, this is like America fighting the Nazis. And we didn't sit there in 1944 and say, well, gee, both sides are morally equivalent. We didn't play that and they shouldn't be playing it now. Uh, so now Jeff Dickens has a new roundup just from the last week titled nine times media sympathized with Hamas terrorists. 
some of these uh, quotes that he has. You've been making a, a new video, but it's some of the things that you, some of these you already have in the in the previous video you made. Yep. But this is just some of the some of the newbies. Uh, I just think it's interesting that MSNBC has uh, Ali Velshi from Al Jazeera America. Yep. Ahmad Mohaldeen from Al Jazeera a America. Amon Mohaldeen. Oh, sorry, Amon Mohaldeen from Al Jazeera America. And and they still have that sound. And of course, wasn't uh, wasn't Mehdi Hassan Al Jazeera? Yep. So I the mean, only, the only reason Mehdi isn't in this compilation, by the way, is because um, his show unfortunately did not. He he was out this weekend, so we we have not heard any. Bulkers. Well, let's not say unfortunately, but <laughs> well, yes, it would it would have been good for the video. Uh, now, part of this is there is a tweet uh, by a, an LA Times reporter named Adam Elmarek. Uh, this wasn't a video, but he's one of these people that's been running around saying they can't say Hamas beheaded babies. That's misinformation. This is the fog of war. Yeah, I, I believe that Adam Elmarek has actually since deleted his Twitter account, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Well, that would be a good idea. But it, it's really funny, Bill, the way to the degree to which they have all all the so-called misinformation cops are all running around saying beware of what mega shares or what it's the same they're just staying focused on the same right wingers yep you can't trust what they say about hamas because it's inflammatory yep exactly exactly it's it yeah no i won't i won't trust anything that they're saying because they're all untrustworthy and it's like okay then you're then you're never going to get the full picture because it's it's only the people who are critical of hamas who are going to say things critical of hamas i'm sorry you're you're basically confining yourself to then the Hamas propaganda echo chamber, that's where you're getting all your news. And that's not going to turn out well for you yes, if, you're, it, if you're interested in getting things right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're if you're going into something like this and saying, yes, we all understand there's such a thing as the fog of war. And, and yes, sometimes there's going to be, in this case, extremely horrible video. I don't want to look at any of it personally. I can't, I can't look at stuff like that. And uh, uh, but for people to say, well, the babies weren't beheaded; they were shot. Well, <laughs> how is that an argument? Okay, it, it doesn't. It doesn't change anything. No, it doesn't. And that is, they are they are indiscriminate killers, and that's used to be something that people were against. And and it's it's upsetting on some level when they all run around. Whether you're listening to the CBC, the BBC, the NPR where they're trading the United Nations as somehow a neutral broker. I think we know where the United Nations comes down on Israel. The vehemently pro-Israel United Nations. <laughs> Just writing resolution after resolution to Israel, saying, good job, we're proud of you. I suppose there's a lot of younger people that might not know their whole Zionism equals racism routine. They, uh, The United Nations, by the way, has been just completely co-opted by Marxism. Uh, I, I know I keep harping, harping on Marxism, excuse me, harping on Marxism, but like that's that's kind of what's going on right now. Uh, UNESCO recently published a paper in 2022, I think it was, that literally opens with a quote from from Herbert Marcuse, the father oh. of neo-Marxism. Yike. Uh, so, I mean, it is it is just blatantly co-opted now. So, yeah, of course they're buying into this framework of Israel are oppressors, Israel are colonizers. They, they, they I've probably seen them say Israel is apartheid, although I couldn't point you to any specific resolution that they've passed or whatever recently. Uh, that says that. But yeah, the, the UN just has a long, long track record of basically whenever Israel tries to defend itself saying, uh, hey, 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 stop, stop doing that, please. 
Yeah, I, I just think it's important for people who may not be that politically sophisticated. It's the same thing, Bill, with groups like Amnesty International or Human Rights Watch. Yes. Uh, that they're going to say these are the neutral experts. They're not neutral experts, but how is the average person going to understand that unless they really dig in? Well, that's that's the problem, right? Is, is And it's a very potent tool of, of messaging and optics and opinion making is you you co-opt groups like this with a specific agenda and you don't overtly change you don't openly change like the face of the organization you just start issuing all of these statements and condemnations and everything just in one direction and people start just taking it as well you know they're the nonpartisan non non-biased non-governmental organization you know I got to got to trust what they have to say they don't have a horse in the race when in fact the whole thing is basically crawling with people who have taken over the organization specifically for a political end. Well, this comes to my other little mini beef, because you see these things on CNN or MSNBC, and and the folks come on and they say, Aaron David Miller was a former, you know, Israel negotiator, whatever, a Middle Eastern expert. Right. They don't tell you for whom. <laughs> they are constantly whitewashing. <laughs> these people worked for Obama right. or Bill Clinton and it's like that would affect the way people are listening to what they have to say. Right. But they bring on these experts and pretend they're nonpartisan. Right. It'd be like bringing on somebody who who crafted the uh, like that that you can keep your doctor line. Yeah. And bring him on as like medical expert. <laughs> yeah. Not doctor, medical expert. All right. I got a couple other things, Bill, to bounce off you. The uh, the Washington Post is concerned about cancel culture. They tweeted, the Israel-Gaza war is still in its first week, but some people in the United States and around the world have lost their jobs or face discipline or backlash for their criticism of Israel. Um, and so, you know, there's some of this at Harvard where the CEOs are saying, I don't want to hire anybody at Harvard that signed one of these awful anti-Israel things. Uh, there's a truck going around. Mm -hmm. with the with the names of the students who signed this and they're yeah. all like yeah, you can't do this to people now look i think as far as like doxing dumb 18 year olds that have been swept up in a stupid ideology that they don't understand i think that that's a very different conversation than firing people who like sign a letter who are working adults who sign a letter in support of hamas after images have already come out showing us exactly what hamas did I think those are two very different things. I just, I, I think what was funny was, uh, I saw this on Twitchy, uh, that the, you know, the Washington Post in general has just mocked the whole idea of cancel culture as phony. And now suddenly it's like, oh no, you can't not hire people because they like Hamas. Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, this is, this is the classic play stupid games, win stupid prizes scenario where the left starts pushing some stupid totalitarian thought control, thought crime thing. And then eventually they find themselves on the wrong side of it and they say, wait, wait, no, 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 stop. Not like that. <laughs> and then there's Sonny Hostin, you know, Nick Fondacaro's had quite a week. She's a doll. And so uh, let's listen to this one. This was the one that really got a bunch of attention. Sonny saying Hamas, they're like the Proud Boys. Sonny, you want to say something? No, I just, I, you know, I, I look at this from a legal perspective, and I think that we all know that Hamas has been designated uh, a terror organization, just like many other terror organizations have had this designation, like the Proud Boys here in the United States. Um, and as Joe Wolfson at Fox News tweeted, 
When did the Proud Boys ever rape women, burn families alive, murder babies, and kidnap Holocaust survivors? I must have missed that news cycle. Well, okay, they haven't yet. <laughs> but some of them were at January 6th. Well, I never particularly liked the Proud Boys because they seemed like, you know, we're the guys that go out on the street corner and, and beat up people we disagree with or, you know, let's go mi let's go mix it up with Antifa. Well, that's that's kind of what their whole MO was always was like, OK, Antifa is going to be at this thing. Let's go there and fight them. You know, it was that that was basically their whole game. But it's much, much different. Yes, much different than. Let's, yeah, let's go into a kibbutz and kill everybody present. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, seeing seeing some Antifa guy get knocked out by like a six foot four proud boy is sometimes slightly entertaining. Um, but Oh, no, no. <laughs> we don't like that. I'm I not going to say I endorse that behavior, but hey, if the video's out there, you know. Whatever. Well, I think, yeah, I think what's always surprising, you know, with conservative Twitter is you're like, dude, you are, you are like 86 pounds wet. What are you? Oh, these 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 Antifa marchers guys. Yeah, they all they all look exactly like you would imagine they look. It is it is shocking what like pathetic specimens every single one of them are. It's crazy. Now, if you look, took a look at me when I was twenty or twenty one years old in college, I was pretty skinny and whatever. But there was no way in my physical condition I was going to get turning out for a street fight. <laughs> I'm a lover, not a fighter. That's, I, that's the difference, right? That's the as they walk around with their chest puffed out and they're like, nah, we're going to bash the fascists. And it's like, dude, you if the wind blows, you are all gone. <laughs> they're going to be picking you up off of the freeway because you blew onto it. Like, come on. Well, it, but it, it, at bottom, yes. I'm the sort of person who doesn't really like the idea of, hey, let's mix it up and punch each other on the street. No, I don't I, think that's something that should be happening. And, Absolutely. And, and, and this is where I, I look at Sonny Hassan and I want to say, you know, everybody gets upset when you you say you can't compare blank to January 6th. It's like, well, you compare January 6th to 9-11. I mean, they keep having this problem of not being able to distinguish between mass murder and a scrap with the cops. Well, you can't compare anything to January 6th because her, her favorite political party really needs that for the 2024 election, Tim. That's why you can't do that. Well, obviously, it worked for them in the 2022 midterms. It worked so, okay. So they're going to hold on to it. People it's... are getting pretty sick of it, though, if the polling is any indication. Although, who trusts polling these days? I don't know. Well, the only poll that really matters is is the election day poll. And, it, and certainly, you know, one of the reasons we are where we are when we're facing this uh, this sort of debacle that's going on with the the speaker race in the House. It's like, that's what you get with a really narrow House majority. Yep. We obviously went into the 2022 midterms thinking it was going to turn out a little better than this. The red wave was a red trickle. It was. It was. So, I mean, it, I think it's, as we always have, it's like January 6th was a very bad day. But it, it's like the only rioting that they acknowledge. Everything else was... It's the, yeah, it's the only riot that ever happened. Everything else that happened was just, what was it, a rebellion? It was fiery, but mostly peaceful. <laughs> Pretty to, much. To quote directly from Chiron Boy. So this was, yes, this was the uh, the only thing we could say about what happened here. Nobody was going to describe what Hamas did to Israel as mostly peaceful. Um, and let's hope that the day of rage is... Uh, doesn't have any casualties here in the United States. Good Lord, I hope not. Yeah, everybody stay safe. So uh, stick with us as we try to watch, you know, the domestic and foreign policy implications of what's going on in Israel and in Gaza. 
And for that, you come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody.